Hey, and welcome to episode three of Level One Sidekicks. My name's Tigo. My name's John. And let's get right into it. John, what are we starting off today? Uh, let's talk a little about Sonic. Remember how we talked about last week, how we didn't like really like how Sonic appeared? Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. Yeah, it seemed kind of like it was mutual. Yep. Not, not everyone like enjoyed how Sonic looked. He looked like you mentioned previous podcasts. He was too humanized. Yeah, and, and I had a real big issue with it. And what we saw, uh, it was floating all over Twitter, all over Instagram, all over the blogs, was what Sonic should have looked like, right? They gave him that cartoon face. They gave him the skinny legs. They made his his shoes a little bit bigger. Like what his Sonic face was also bigger like. as well. Yeah. yeah, they gave him those cartoon Japanese anime eyes. Like it went well. But why are we bringing it up again if we talked about it last week? I thought it was pretty interesting because uh, there was a fan rendering like with a side and side comparison. Mm-hmm. It was just horrible how it like appeared. As well as, you know, all the minor stuff, like how, how like amazing it was that Paramount actually announced that they had people work on it and they were going to change it. Yeah, and I think that's the big news here, right, is Paramount heard and they listened, which is something that a lot of, like, movie um, like producers and companies and things like that, they don't tend to do. They, they tend to kind of, like, stick to their guns. I'm going to do this no matter what. No matter it, how crappy it turns out, we're yeah, going to do it. we don't care about what the fans think. A great example of that is Green Lantern, right? Yeah, like Green that Lantern was, was trash. Like, it was a bad movie, and I think it's because, like, the people that made that movie just said, no, we're going to make this movie. It's going to be this bad. I don't care, right? And that, work, that, let's, that, that works in some scenarios, right? And, like, a great example of something that I think they stuck to their guns and they did it no matter what was the Christian Bale Batmans. I think Christopher Nolan took Batman and he brought it into the real world, made it realistic and made it really dark and edgy and it worked. And he stuck to his Christopher Nolan mentalities and people loved it. As a Batman fan, loving the comic books and things, I do see a lot of things wrong with the Christopher Nolan Batman, but you have to respect him because he stuck to his guns. He stuck to what he did. And Paramount is doing kind of the opposite, but it also is a good thing. They're going back. They've announced that they're going to redo Sonic. We don't know what he's going to look like, but they're going to they've listened, they've heard, and they're dedicating the time, the resources, and most importantly, the money to make Sonic look right. Honestly, I I really hope that it does um end up like the fans rendering because it looks amazing. Man, if I'm Paramount, I just hire that guy. I know, right? Just end it right as there. A, as game. a consultant. No, 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 but not, like not for him to do it because it's going to be a lot of time. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of time to like replace all the Sonics in yeah, the entire because, movie. So I'm not a I don't know 3D animation like that or anything, but I know very very little enough to pass by and from what I've been reading is it is completely doable. They don't need to reshoot anything yeah, exactly. in the movie. Yeah, I was thinking about the same thing. It's going all to be CGI. Yeah, it's going to be a render replacement but that still takes a long time because there are certain like animation things like if they do with the fan rendering his legs are skinnier so if there are certain aspects where the legs having that muscly tone to it was important they have to go back and they have to reanimate that stuff so i don't think <clears throat> i don't think it'll be a it'll be expensive but everything is expensive when you look at these kinds of movies but yeah but in the end, it's going to be, like, worth it. Because fans are going to have a po- way positive reaction to it. If they get it right. Because if they, they can't right. make it worse. They, they can make it worse. It's right? Way. So they can make it worse, and that's the the fear. Like, what happens if you dedicate all this time? Because now they've gone back on it. 
right? They've come out and they said they're going to make it better. What happens if it comes out and people still don't like it? Do you go back again or do you stick to your – you get what I'm saying? Yeah, they've I definitely opened, see what you say. They've opened up the doors to a lot of this because I think this is the first time, at least I can remember, where yeah. they've done something like this, where yeah, they've fair. gone back and they said, okay, we've heard we're going to redo it. Yeah, but then is, again, this is like a character that's fully CGI, so all they need to do is change the 3D um, – what's it called? The 3D the render. Re- yeah, 3D render of him into something more like plausible. And it's like a way easier fix than like going back and getting all the cast members and reshooting like an entire scene. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's it's a it's a strange. It's I, dude. It's just the first time it's ever done. I'm really excited. I know it's exciting because now we know we know a lot about the movie, right? Like we know who's in it and things like that. But now we're gonna get a new Sonic, and we're like, what is that gonna look like? And I hope and they do fix his teeth as well. It's way too humanized for a cartoon character. Man, it's just, it looks weird. <laughs> like, you've got to give him, like, I understand what they were going for. They were trying to make it human, realistic, everything like that. But he's uh, he's, a, he's, he's a, an animal. Yeah, well, Why like, is he, he humanized? Like, he's a cartoon animal, too. Like, right? you don't need to do it. You make don't a humanoid need, yeah, version like of make, a cartoon character. Exactly. Make the cartoon video game version on the big screen give him some fur and that's it exactly a great movie that's doing that and i think this is a great transition is detective pikachu it is so detective pikachu comes out next week on is it wednesday uh friday is it friday um so we wanted to talk about it because we're gonna watch it next weekend it'll be yeah we're gonna gonna do it about it the next week yes yeah but i think that's a movie that is doing it right Exactly. Right? There are some Pokemon that kind of look creepy, but I think that's just like not avoidable. Like the Lumbre- Lumbrero or something like that. The, the Pokemon with the little sombrero. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't remember. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I think that comes down to you've got to, like, you can't just give every Pokemon leathery skin, right? Like, because in the games, that's kind of what they have. It's just it's a flat color. So it's the same thing with, like, Pikachu having fur. You have to give them some kind of realistic, animalistic qualities. And I think they did it perfectly that way because now you get into these animals look good. Like, man, Bulbasaur looks good. Squirtle looks good. Pikachu looks really good. Charizard, like, they look... I know, I know. Pikachu looks adorable. And people, like, are talking about, like, how cute the 3D um, rendering of the Pikachu is. Mm -hmm. It's a... They all look really good in the in the live action version because they stuck to they stuck to the roots, man. All they did was they took the cartoon video game versions and made it and a little bit more like a little bit more realistic. You no, know? they just 3D rendered it, and then they just gave them like one animal feature if they were an animal, like Pikachu. They gave him fur, but like one of the ones that they didn't change really anything at all. Well, it's kind of like Mewtwo, right? Um, well, yes, Mewtwo, but, like, also, like, Bulbasaur, they didn't really change at all. They just gave him, they made the leaves look realistic. They gave him leathery skin. Another one was Squirtle. The only thing that they changed a little bit was his shell to make it look a little bit better. also looks pretty the same. Dude, they all look fantastic. They do. As, as, um... As as a Pokemon fan, I'm really excited to watch this movie. See, so I'm not that huge into Pokemon, and it's one of those things where I'm not a – like, I don't play every game. I, I don't buy every game. Like, I I haven't watched the cartoon since the original, 
And it's just one of those things that, like, it's, it's exciting it, it, to it's see. Kind of, it's kind of hard to keep up with all the Pokemon. Like, I play, like, every single Pokemon game, but I still don't know any Pokemon past 151. Yeah, well, yeah, you do. You know, I, you I, I know, probably, I know a handful, but not like every single one. You could go one. up to Gen. I think you could probably go up to Gen four. But my thing is, is, is I'm just. I think it's coming because I'm not a super huge Pokemon fan. Yes, yeah, probably because um, you like change and like Pokemon really doesn't change that much. Maybe I don't know, man. I'm like I want to see it. I'm excited to see it. Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu is going to be exciting. I like that aspect of it, but. Again, I don't have high hopes for the movie. No, like, I'm no, going no. in it expecting... Is, it's not going to be an amazing movie. It's just going to be a like, good movie, like, overall. Yeah, I'm going in expecting mediocrity. And I think that's what I'm going to walk out with. I'm exactly. expecting a C movie. It, it, it'll be nice if it comes movie. out a little bit better. But, you know, it's probably going to be, like, a C movie. Yeah, like, I don't have any real expectations for the movie. I think it looks good. Right? I think it looks good. I think it's going to be handled well. Um, the ratings that are already out, and you're correct, it does come out uh, Friday of next week. Um, the ratings that are already out, you know, IMBD's given it a 7.7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 70%, and Metacritic has it at 50%. So roughly around like what we were saying. Yeah. So it's a C movie. It's not great. It's not bad. It's just. We'll, we'll be able to talk more about it because I've, I've, I've only watched a couple of the trailers. I think it's going to be another one of those movies that it's going to be like what you see these new superhero movies come like appearing as. So like Shazam, Aquaman, Thor, where it's going to have these semi-serious moments that they're going to try to joke in and make funny and lighthearted. Because I don't think the American audience anymore can handle a dark and serious moment just being dark and serious. Agreed. And since you did mention... uh. The Avenger cast, you know? Did you hear about, like, the Avengers, like, catching up to uh, Avatar in the box office? It's That's an incredible feat. One, that it still hasn't been broken, right? So, Avatar, uh, what was the number again? $2.788 billion. $2.8 billion in the box office. That's ridiculous. It's a... It's... That's an incredible number when you think about it, especially because that movie came out 10 years ago and it still hasn't been beat. And here, here's a, like a little uh, few about how like big this movie, Avatar is. Titanic made $2.187 billion. Titanic, which has been like longer out than Avatar. Yeah, it, it, it's an incredible feat. And wasn't Titanic number two? Titanic was, was number two, yes. It was Avatar, Titanic. I don't know. And then Avengers: um, Infinity War, I believe. Was it? No, Infinity wait, War? wait. It was uh, Force Awakens, Star Wars. Oh, okay, cool. But so, Titanic came out in 1997, right? So it's been like 24 years, or no, 21 years, 22 years that that movie is uh, since it's been released, and that held the record for a long time. And then comes Avatar, and in 2009, it takes the record. $2.8 billion. This is the second week that Avengers been out. Avengers Endgame has been out. And it's already, I think it just broke $2.3 billion yesterday. It's catching it. I think it catches it. I, I, I think it's going to catch it too. Because there's no reason to take it out of the movie since it's doing so amazing. You're not wrong. And it's one of those things that, like, realistically, I want to go watch it again. Because it's a long movie. And I think there are things that we missed. Like, one of the things that I really want to pay attention to 
is the wall of names. And that's without dropping any spoilers. You know what I'm talking about? And so that's one of those things that I think is really, really interesting. 2.788 billion US dollars. I think Endgame by the end of this month breaks 3 billion. Wait, I actually think Avengers Endgame is at 2.18 billion right now. Um, I read a report that it's at 2.2, Well, Well, there it is. But again, I think by the end of the month, it's definitely gonna pass it. No, yeah, I think it's gonna hit three billion. I think uh, it's gonna easily it's gonna pass like like three three point five. I don't think it passes three point five. You need to understand, like we're talking the billions, like the bees, right? Yeah, but it's you a also lot have to understand. You also have to understand this is worldwide. I I get that. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm saying to just break a billion dollar. That's a lot of money. It is right, and these movies have incredible budgets, right? Like, out of this world budgets, and they still don't even come close. Like, the budget for Avengers Endgame was $356 million U.S. dollars. It's a big budget. But they've made $2.1 billion. Like, so, wh- I don't know what I'm trying to get at. I'm just <laughs> trying to accentuate the fact that it's billion with a B. Like, it's a huge amount of money. I think it breaks $3 billion. I don't know if it goes past $3.1 billion. Oh, only time will tell. Only time will tell. But, again, that's an incredible It's feat. really exciting to see, like, where it ends up. Yeah, because it's like a race now. Like, some, we didn't expect to for this to be one of the headlines for Avengers Endgame, but it is. And People are, like, really, like, overthrown about it. Yeah, and I honestly – I don't have any beef with it. I no, like this aspect like, of it. It's, it's another really cool aspect of the movie. It's another thing to really follow. Um, one thing that I did want to bring up about Endgame, which I think is funny. So, uh, the Russo brothers recently did a interview. Yes. And they were talking about Avengers Endgame and Avengers Endgame spoilers and when's the correct time to be able to do it. And the Russo brothers said that this coming Monday, um, and by this coming Monday, I mean two days ago, um, was the point. And that's because everyone believes it's because of the Spider-Man Far uh, from home. Far from home trailer. They think that that has Endgame spoilers, and that drops next week on Monday. Um, that drops tomorrow. Yeah, we're recording this on Sunday to try to get it in a little bit early. But but yeah, I think that's interesting because now we're gonna get another Far from Home trailer, which I'm really really excited about because I love Spider Man. But apparently, it's gonna have spoilers. So if you haven't watched Avengers Endgame yet, what are you doing? We're two weeks in. Let's get this movie over $3 billion. I think that'd be really, really cool. I know I'm going to go back and watch it again. Um, I think you're going to try and sneak him back again, especially since you've got AMC stubs. Why not? And um, since I definitely got a uh, Monday off early, so, you know, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It might be it might be a, a good idea to, to do that. Um, so last week, we were kind of stupid. Yeah, there were perfect moments to mention this, but we, we like didn't. completely skipped out because probably we were tired because it was like 12, and 12 a.m. Um, it was like 1 in the morning when we 1 did it. 1 in the it. morning, yeah. And, man, we had a whole full-blown conversation in the car like two days before about this movie. I wish we were on the podcast when we did it, but we're going to bring it up now. We're talking about Will Smith's new movie. Gemini Man. Yeah, so – Gemini Man looks really, really interesting. I know. It's like another like level of Will Smith. Um, and, and what makes this movie so great 
is that there's not only one Will Smith, there's two. Okay, that's not it. Um, so just to give you, if you guys haven't and you aren't huge Will Smith fans and follow him religiously, uh, Gemini Man is a, the story of Henry Brogan, who is an elite assassin who's become a target of a mysterious operative who can seemingly predict his every move. To his horror, he soon learns that the man who is trying to kill him is a younger, faster, cloned version of himself. It kind of reminds me of that one movie, uh, Looper. Nope, it, it wasn't Looper. Was it, was it no? Where he were uh, yeah, he goes back in time and tries to kill himself. Joseph Gordon-Levitt comes back in time. Was it Looper? I think you're right. It is no. Yeah, I think it's Looper. You're yeah, right. It is, it is Looper. Looper. Yeah. Because you have to end the loop. Um, it's exactly the comment I was gonna make. I think it's it's a very cool, reminiscent version of that. Except this one doesn't have time travel. It has cloning, and I think it's a really interesting way to look at it. Another I think that's a, a different take, right? Not just a different take, but like the plot is is different. Yeah, because you've it's also created a clone of yourself. Yes. They've created a clone of you that they're sending to kill you because you are too dangerous. You know too much, and you might go rogue. And they still wanted his skill. Yeah, and they just wanted a younger version of him because if he dies, they lose his skill, right? And I think that's a really interesting take. I think of this kind of reminds me of um, of Metal Gear Solid. Where they take Big Boss and they clone him, and now they have Solid Snake and Liquid Snake and Solidus Snake, um, because they're just trying to keep him. They're trying to keep this super soldier, the best soldier they've ever seen, this one man army that can take on hundreds like of people Jason by himself. Like Jason Bourne. Yeah, and where they're cloning these people to get this thing to happen. Um, it's super interesting when you think about it. It's really, really interesting when you when you when you look at it because of that. And it only makes it better that it's Will Smith. Yeah, so it's supposed to come out this year, October 11th, 2019. It's 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 an interesting like take, especially because of who's directing it. So the direct the, the director is Ang Lee. And for those of you who don't know, he's uh, directed things like the 2003 Hulk, um, one of my favorite movies of all time, Life of Pi. And now he's doing uh, Gemini Man. It's interesting because he has a very, like, nuanced take when it comes to things. Like, Life of Pi was visually b beautiful, and I think it was a lot of because of Ang Lee. And so now when we see him doing, you know, Gemini Man, it's going to be – it's going to be weird to see his take on that because it's an action movie, right? And if you watch the trailer, it's action a super drama, action movie. Yeah. yeah, it's like an action drama. And honestly, I think they did the young Will Smith very, very good. Yes. Like, he looks just like what Will Smith looked like. I know. Like That's why I'm so excited. It's like two Will Smiths. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, being a Will Smith fan, like, what are your expectations of the movie? Oh, I'm already rated at 11 out of 10. <laughs> See, and that's where I think we differ. It's because I can come into this objectively. And, and I it's can't. A, it's a movie where I think, I think it's going to be a good movie. I just don't know if it's going to be a great movie. Will Smith's in it. It's going to be amazing. It's good. <laughs> See, we had this argument recently about, like, I'm, I was, like, sitting there. I was like, look, you guys got to hop off the Will Smith bandwagon, the Will Smith horse. Like, not <laughs> everything he does is great. And then he went to IMDb. And then I went to IMDb and, and looked up. find a bad movie. <laughs> I could find a bad movie. It wasn't that hard. To find bad movies, it's just, again, you guys like them so much that you're like, oh, my God, it's great. Like, an easy one was Suicide Squad. It wasn't a good movie. 
It was a good movie. It was a great movie. No, it wasn't a good movie. Like it was not good at all. Hey, it not- was it was interesting because we got to see some of these villains that we've never seen before, but it wasn't great. Like really, I haven't seen Anchorman two, but I don't think it's great. I was never really a fan of the Anchorman movies. Men in Black three and two were not as good as the first one. Three was great. I did enjoy I it three I, a lot. I didn't think three was that good. Two was just crap. I agree with that. Hancock wasn't good. Hancock was bloody as fuck. It wasn't good. Like, it's not one of those movies that was, like, great. And then we get to, like, okay, I Am Legend was incredible. The Pursuit of Happiness was incredible. Hitch was okay. But, again, it's not super, like, <laughs> Bad Boys 2 wasn't good. Since we are talking about uh, Will Smith movies, I believe Aladdin, the yep. DC recreation, uh, Disney. live action, Disney live action, is coming out in two weeks. Is it? Yeah, I think so. That's interesting. Or I have it, not been uh, keeping be. up with it. Oh my god, yeah, May twenty fourth. It's coming out like soon. Uh, yeah, May well, three weeks. Three weeks. Three uh, weeks. Off of a week. Man, since we're already on it, let's talk about it. What do you think about Disney going into all of this live action stuff? We're seeing the Lion King. We're seeing Aladdin. We we've already seen Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Jungle Book. Jungle Book. That's the one I couldn't remember. There's two takes on Jungle Book, one Netflix and one like on the movies. Yep. What are, what are your thoughts on it? Is it one of those things where you think they're just trying to rebuild classics or is it like they've run out of ideas so they're just going on what they know is going to make money? I feel it's like a little bit of both. It's like might as well like get earn um like juice more of this profit, you know, while we can, you know. And since live action is becoming a big thing, like you can see like a lot of movies are going live action. And we're in the live action trends, like so they're taking the roller coaster to it. It's like, let's do it since everyone else is doing it. I, I, so I don't want to say I disagree. I think it is a combination of both. I just don't know. Like the track record isn't great there. You know what I'm saying? Like Jungle Book was good, but the but like the cartoon was still better. Yeah, the cartoon was better for Jungle Book. Like, but it was like still for, better for like live action of like Beauty and the Beast. It was like completely identical and i believe it was great with um emma watson yep she she did amazing as beauty um bell bell (laughs) um so like i agree but so i think those things should be like that when it's a shot for shot remake right i think it's a good a good um it's a good thing to do when you go shot for shot remake but then you 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 don't give any creativity at all to the director. So uh, what I'm really curious to see is not Aladdin, but Lion King. Lion King. That's oh my gosh. Lion King live action looks amazing. That's Including the one I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, that's the one I'm interested in seeing because um, when it's coming out this year, uh, two more months, July 19th, 2019. So get excited for that. But that's the movie where we don't know what it's going to be. That's one of the biggest box office movies you know of its time my favorite disney movie ever i love the lion king and so that's one where it's going to be interesting because if they go shot for shot remake i won't be upset
But if they go and do something different, oh, Lion King is definitely gonna be a shot by shot remake. I don't think so, and that's the one. That's why I say that that's gonna be the, the the different one. I think Aladdin is gonna be more shot for shot remake. They're gonna take some liberties and different things like that. Yeah, that you can't. As we saw from the trailer, they did already take some liberties. Yeah, like they've taken some liberties, but you can also see that some of the songs and things are still in there. Yes, and so that'll be interesting. Again, I'm just. I think Lion King is the one that sets the precedent for the future. I think Aladdin is going to be interesting. Uh, I think it's going to be fun watch. I love Aladdin, you know. Um, but Lion King is the one that I think that puts it to bed whether this is a good idea or this oh, is a bad idea. Oh, Lion King is definitely going to be a game changer for Disney yeah, live action. If 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 Lion King does well, whatever they do is going to be the the benchmark. It's going to be the the outline, the, not the milestone. I can't think of the word. It's going to be, I guess, I guess the outline for how to do a live action animated movie. Yeah. It's going to be the, like the master oh, the key. template. The template. There's the word. It's going to be the template for whatever these, like if they want to bring any of the princess movies back, it's going to have to go through this, like Pinocchio, Dumbo, all of these things. Like there's so many movies, Mulan, there's so many movies that they can go live action with. Uh, because obviously Disney has so much, um, so many like properties that they've owned. They have so much stuff. They can go in a million different directions, but I think however the Lion King does, because that's the biggest one, um, is going to be the template. This is going to set the stage. This set is how trend, it's going to work. You know, yes. It's de- I definitely agree. Lion King is going to be a big game change for Disney. Yeah, especially Disney live action. It's going to be, it's going to be, I hope, awesome. I really, really hope uh, that it is awesome. From the trailer, it looks great. I, I agree. I think it looks fantastic. It, it looks visually like stunning. It's visually stunning. It looks fantastic. It's CGI. It's kind of like that Detective Pikachu kind of CGI, you know what I'm saying, where it's not super overly done. The animals still kind of look realistic, but they have them talking, so that's kind of weird. Yeah. Like lips and stuff, you know. Yeah. But, yeah I, but I feel like they didn't do that well. I agree. No, it looks great. I'm, I have no beef with it. I'm I'm excited, honestly. Like really excited for how this is gonna go. Um, Gemini Man, uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I think we, I want to see more from the trailers before I can make an opinion on it. I, think I feel I feel trailer, like any more tra- any more like will just like spoil the movie. I don't think it is. I think we've had this argument before. I, I don't yeah. think I don't think it does that. Did you did you know anything that was gonna happen in Endgame because of the trailers? I never three, watch Endgame trailer. Go back and watch the Endgame trailers, and you'll be like, like some of these scenes aren't even in the movie. And then you're also gonna see like, like this spoils nothing. Like you can't predict anything that's coming in the movie from the trailers. You don't expect the timelines, how they do it, like nothing. I had a, I was thinking about that when I went to bed the other night. It was like. Dude, the trailers for Endgame were done so well because there was we knew nothing. We knew nothing about anything about the movie. We didn't know who's alive, who's dead, who comes back. We didn't know anything. And then we get to the movie and you're like, oh, wow, like the trailers did such a good job. And I think, I there think are you and your brother, I think you and your brother need to get off of this bandwagon of, oh, trailers give spoilers. I, I, I don't think they I do. I feel like a majority of them do nowadays, but not like a lot. There I are a handful that don't. I give the I go back to the question where you couldn't answer it then, and I don't think you can answer. I it have now. answered it. What's a movie that gives a spoiler in the in the trailer? Well, from the top, like putting me in the spot, I have no idea. But if it's a big deal, you would have one. That's the thing that I'm trying to get at. 
you can't think of one. And if you go and look for him, you're gonna really find oh, but that the there isn't anything is, there. My opinion is the shared opinion among like a huge community in the internet. Bro, you can just, have just, an opinion, just, but your opinion can people, be wrong. It's just that people are people better, believe the world is flat. Pe- people are better at like deciphering like things that, that uh, other people can't. Like you, obviously, you can't decipher the little small content in the trailer while me and my brother can actually see the little small details. And actually, I don't think that's true. I'm yeah. going to film school. I know the every move being made on a trailer. I, dude, I took a whole class for a month on how to build trailers for movies. These moves that they're making are super precise. They're super well done. And I think what's happening is you guys go in with the expectation that these are spoilers and you keep that. And then after you watch the movie, you forget that the what happened with the trailers. The trailers don't show spoilers at all. They're just there to get you hyped for the movie. And after watching Gemini Man, we still don't know what the what the beef is. Like the okay, only okay. thing we know is that there's a young Will Smith and that there's an old Will Smith. Other than that, we don't know what organization they're part of. I have to go watch it again. They might have said it, but we don't know what the beef is. Why is Will Smith a rogue agent? Who like we don't know any of that stuff from watching the trailer. Like, and it's a good thing. I believe they did mention that in the trailer. I just can't remember from the top of my head. Again, I might like be wrong weeks. because, yeah, it's been a long time since we last watched it. But I don't think that the trailers are really spoiling anything. Uh, I think we'll if, have to, like, out this episode, like, just pull it up and watch it. Absolutely. And I think that that's going to be a good idea. But, again, I think you guys need to hop off that. Because if it was something, you guys would have movies off the top of your head. And I've done this with you. I've done this with your brother. And I've done this with Madi. None of you can pull up a movie that has been spoiled but yeah, you, you have to give it a, like you have to see it from our viewpoint. There are a lot of movies and a lot of trailers that we watch. It's kind of hard to keep like on like. I agree, but don't like, I, I can barely I can barely remember a movie that I've watched one month, an entire plot, an entire two hours movie. I agree, but if it so, was you're something... you're telling me to recall like something that's happened like more than two months ago or one month ago. But if it's a you with do, like a two minute video, do you remember my twenty first birthday? Us going really. skydiving. You remember us going skydiving. Yeah, I remember It's a big deal, right? Because it's something that you, like, well, I remember it. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it was something that I was passionate about. I've always wanted to go skydiving. I did it. Um, yeah, I but can't, you can't compare skydiving to a movie that we is, did once to a like, movie that we watched, like, 500, 500 different movies. I like, can't. skydiving is, like, let's say if we go skydiving, like, every week. We're not going to remember, like, the, We're the not 490th remember. time we go skydiving. I agree. That's not what I'm getting at, though. I went skydiving, one, because everybody that I've ever known said, don't do it. I wanted to do it. For a lot of you that don't know, um, right out of high school, I was supposed to go into the Navy. And uh, I failed the uh, depth perception Physical? test. Really? Yep, the depth perception test at the at the, at MEPS. If you're in the military or you went through that process, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so... I didn't give up. I went out because I found out from my recruiter that if I could get a contradictory statement from a doctor outside of the military, I would have to do the test again. And so in that time, uh, I went to the doctor. I got approved. I don't have depth perception issues, blah, 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 blah. In that time, I met your sister, right? So I left. What I'm getting at is I wanted to go skydiving because ever since I was joining the Navy, I wanted to go become a SEAL, all of these different things. I wanted to be jumping out of planes and doing all that stuff. So I always argue with people that it's one of the safest things there. There are no problems with jumping out of planes, and it's something that I remember, and it's something that I can call to the safety and everything of it, right? Because well, it's an arguing is, there, point that um, I have. There are problems with like jumping out of a plane if you don't know what 
you're doing. Well, that's with anything, John. Exactly. If you don't know how to vacuum, I'm pretty sure you can kill yourself with a vacuum. <laughs> I, I want to see that story. Um, bro, don't doubt Florida man. Okay? Florida man can accomplish a lot of things. But again, it, when it comes down to it, I took this whole walk to get it's – a, it's a long walk for a small drink of water. It is long walk. It's an arguing point that you always have. If it was something that you truly believed, you'd have arguing points for it. In the same way, without dropping anything, without – if I come out and say iPhone is better than Android, you can go on for 45 minutes to an hour telling me why I'm wrong because it's something that you believe in. If the same way I come out and say Superman's better than Batman, you have a million different things to prove that I'm wrong. I don't believe in either of those statements, but if I were to say those things because you believe in it, you would argue me until I want to end it all uh, or until you convince me. You're not going to convince I'm 50, me. I'm 50-50 about that. Anyways, let's move on. We've been on this subject quite a while. Um, did Sadly. You, did you hear – I'm talking about sad news, you know. Yeah, let's let's get the sad news out of the way. Um I wanted to open the show with this, but we opened the show last week with Sonic, and we got some Sonic news, so we went to Sonic instead. Um, Peter Mayhew, the wonderful actor who has played Chewbacca for all those years, has sadly passed away. Um, At a young age of 74. Yeah, um, it's really, really sad, man. Like, There's nothing else that I can really say about it. Chewbacca is one of the, if not the most beloved character in all of Star Wars. Um I think he is the most beloved character in all of Star Wars, second maybe only to R two D two, and yeah, and then with the R two D two being and up there. it's just a sad thing, man. I grew up um, admiring the crap out of all of those people, and it's sad to think that you know this is a huge hit for like all Star Wars major Star Wars fans. Yeah, it's the second it's the second person that we're, we're that we've lost in the in the in the Disney, not the Disney Star, in the Wars, Star Wars universe. You know what I mean? Who's the first? Um, Princess Leia, or as most people know her, oh my god, I forgot her name, uh, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher passed away right before episode 8 of Star Wars, and um, you know, we're just losing some of these people and some of these heroes that a lot of us grew up with. Um, Peter Mayhew being one of them, he played Chewbacca for the longest time, and so Man, I need science to catch up because we need to keep all of my other favorite Star Wars people alive. We need <laughs> to keep um, all of them safe and in sealed rooms so that none of them can pass away anymore. It's just it's just a sad day. It was a sad day for all of um, Star Wars fans worldwide. Uh, rest in peace, Peter. We miss you. We love you. Um, and we don't know what Star Wars is going to be like without you. So let's take a moment of silence for Peter. Yeah, that was a was a sad, serious moment, but let's hop right back into it. Let's get into some kind of exciting, funny news. Um, Did you see that Hulu got 28 million subscribers? In comparison to Netflix, do we know where that is? Uh, no, I do, do not Do we know. know? Look that up. I want to talk about this really quickly. Um I think Hulu has been doing a lot of really, 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 really good moves, making a lot of really good strides into uh, in the right direction. I think personally, Hulu is the better of the two services now. There are a lot more shows on Hulu that I would like to watch. Um, not saying that Netflix doesn't have shows and things that I want to watch, but the fact that Hulu has that live TV to next day aspect really, really gets me excited for Hulu. Netflix around January hit. 
150 million subscribers. Wow. So they're up there. That's worldwide. Yes. So we have to yeah, remember, yeah, but, but, Hulu is only in North America. And I think it's only in the U.S. And you also have to um, keep in fact that um, Netflix came out before Hulu, so it had I, more I time totally to agree. spread its name. I totally agree. I just wanted to see where those numbers were in comparison to each other. Um, we also have to remember, Netflix is worldwide. It's not just in the U.S. Or I think I think Hulu is in U.S. and Canada only. Um, but that's not important information because I know they're not over in Europe. One of the things that I think is really interesting is where this is taking them. They're taking really, really, really hard stances on a lot of these Hulu originals. They're trying to make a lot more uh, interesting content, which is kind of what you brought up in here with the new shows that they're going to be taking. Yeah, because um, as the celebration, there's 28 million subscribers. They released two. They, they released announcements for two um, Nef- um, Marvel shows coming out. Yep, new Hulu originals. That are coming to Hulu only, Marvel stories, one of them being Ghost Rider and the other one being Hellstorm. And as you guys probably do not know, um, the only Marvel uh, Hulu original that they have currently would be Marvel's Runaways. Yep. Which is really like, uh, it seems like it's really like a sticking to the comics, but it's like changing like parts where like, didn't really make sense or like you know was too too far-fetched for like a live action yep i think it's interesting i think us revisiting ghost rider is going to be interesting we had obviously those it would be horrible movies with the tv series rather than a movie exactly i think i think ghost rider is one of those more underrated more interesting marvel heroes um just because there's a lot of depth there and there's a lot of like, you know, he makes a deal with the devil, all of these different things. Um, Hellstorm is one that I'm really interested in seeing just because I don't know a lot about it. And then we also have, you know, other things that are in the pipeline, in the works, in the pipeline to be released. My favorite one of those things being Blade. Yeah, which uh, people are speculating due to the fact that um, w- one of the writers or someone like in, in, in the, the production the, team in the production team mentioned that um spirits of vengeance is coming it, for those that don't know spirit of vengeance is kind of like uh the um the defenders where it features uh, the hailstorm blade and ghost rider yeah so they're they're going they're trying to do their own team essentially on hulu which i think is going to be really interesting i also read reports that wesley snipes is going to be in the blade series he won't be blade but i think that's going to be really interesting interesting. i think that'd be a really really cool cameo um if he is there especially if he's a long-lasting character um just because you know what's the snipes is blade like you can't right go back and watch it there we go yeah and so uh really exciting really happy for hulu hitting 28 million subs that's a that's a huge deal and I hope they only keep growing. Again, I think Hulu is slowly but surely becoming the better platform. I think that, though, just because it might be the shows that I watch are on Hulu now, primarily. Yeah, yeah, prob- that's H- probably it. But, um, because I have the HBO, and we're watching Game of Thrones. I'm into Brooklyn Nine-Nine right now, so we're watching every episode weekly. Um, Community, How I Met Your Mother, like these shows that I, that I always binge watch are there. You've also got like your animes on there. So you've got your One Punch Man, which obviously we're waiting for. Hero Academia. Hero Academia. You've got your Naruto. Like, it's all on there. And so I think the the 
the selection is more I want to I don't want to say I don't want to say it's better, but it's more tailored to my liking. I just feel like the one thing that Hulu needs to fix is the multiple streams. Yeah, we've been running into that issue quite a bit where now I didn't know this, but Hulu only allows one stream at a time. And if you, you have, have a, a TV channel, they'll let you boost it up to two. Yeah, so it's it's for you to get unlimited streams, you need to pay like an to, extra. You need to have a Hulu subscription, then you need to pay for the live TV, then you need to, which is forty five dollars in our region. It's forty five dollars, so that's forty five dollars on top of the ten dollars that you're paying for Hulu, and then you have to pay another ten dollars to have unlimited streams. So now you're looking at a sixty five seventy dollar subscription. Exactly. While Monthly, Netflix, you could easily have multiple streams with a cheaper price. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's what's making Netflix like have an edge over Hulu. Yeah, I think if Hulu fixes that business model, I think if they Hulu release, could go like a different direction. I, I totally agree. If they came up with an unlimited screens plan and instead of making it have to be partnered with the TV plan, like even if it was still it stayed at the ten bucks, right? Even if you said, hey. We're gonna charge ten bucks on top of your ten bucks subscription yeah. for you to have unlimited. Yeah, that would definitely be worth it. Totally do it. I would totally do it. But the definitely. fact that you have to pay for the live TV as well—that's the beef that I have with it. Now, um, talking about Hulu um, differences between Netflix, did you know that um they're doing a binge mode? You know, because uh, there's two plans for Hulu: one where you could get ad free, and one where you could just get it with ads. Yep. The the plans with the ads have like a binge mode that they're adding. Mm -hmm. Basically, like you watch all the ads. And then you just could go on a huge binge. Oh, that's interesting. Well, so, see, I wouldn't have known that because we have the no-ad version yeah, of exactly. Hulu, right? So, that's really interesting. I think that's a really good idea. It you, is. You stack them all up front, and then you can just binge all through, like, through the whole season. Exactly. I think the right move would be do, like, three or four episodes at a time because that tends to be the viewing span of a, of a viewer. Um, they tend to only do three to four episodes at a time. They don't do yeah, nine, people 10, aren't crazy, episodes. you know, where they go like yeah, entire like three seasons, like I did with Game of Thrones. Yeah, like people aren't aren't insane, but I think that's the right move because I think with the ad system, it's one ad in the beginning and one ad at the end. So if you do three episodes, and if it's long enough, it's just an ad in the middle. Yeah, well, I think that's only if they're hour-long shows, right? Yeah, kind of like so, Game of Thrones. Yeah, but Game of Thrones is an HBO, so you won't get an ad. You'll get, like, the HBO ad beforehand or whatever. Um, I think this is really interesting because then you can just watch six 30-second ads right up front, be good, and watch your episodes with no interruptions or anything like that. I think this is really interesting. It is. I think that's a good idea. So let's talk about something that I think you're super – I know you're super passionate about. Um, if you've been on our YouTube page or on Podbean – You'll see him holding a keyblade. A keyblade, you know, it's one of his favorite As you games. Can see, this is a keyblade I was holding. It's right in the set. It's one in of his video. favorite things. Kingdom Hearts three. Talk about it. Well, um, not a lot of uh, news are are known about this, but they are releasing the uh, DCL trailer. I mean DCL DLC DLC. Oh my gosh. They are releasing a DLC, but they never announced the release date, which is kind of like a downfall. But they did announce that the DLC is coming, which is probably going to be um, announced at the E3, which is in like in a month from now. Yeah, we have a name. It's called the Remind DLC. And it, um, from the, um, who makes it again? Is it Square Enix? Square, Square Enix. Enix. From Square Enix, what we've been promised is more story and bosses and boss fights. And we're going to have more Keyblades. Yep. So, 
Uh, it's an interesting... So it's supposed to be accompanied by a limited episode and secret episode. Um, both episodes will feature a new boss uh, for Sora and him to fight. And we could uh, probably expect new worlds as well. Um, maybe, probably. You're not wrong. And so there is a lot there. They're also... It, it's just it's weird to, to see with that. Uh, we're, we're excited because, like you said, E3 is is coming up. It's like right around the corner. feels like, you know, it's, it's always... Um, it's always one of those things that's very, very exciting. Uh, it's next month, you know, so E3 is right around the corner. There's a lot of new things to be excited about. We're absolutely going to step up our coverage that month. We're, we're, I haven't talked, we haven't talked about it, but I'm thinking we might go to two episodes a week. We might do an episode daily at that point because there's going to be a lot of information to talk about. We might do one uh, E3 just for specific, week or something like yeah, that. like just for E3 week, like specific. Hey, the PlayStation. Um, Press release just happened. What do we think about it? Those will be shorter form episodes than these ones, um, 20, 30 minutes long. But we do have a lot planned for E3 week. I have a lot of plans, so a lot of coverage going to come that week. But I think Square Enix is doing a lot of different things there because not only are we getting a new Funko Pop, right? We're getting a new Funko Pop at E3. We're also getting the, the release there. And Square Enix says that they've got some big news coming with E3 outside of Kingdom Hearts. So is it a new Final Fantasy? What is it? What's coming? And so I think Square Enix... Talking about Final Fantasy, there's a DLC that's going to be free all month for Final Fantasy fourteen. can't remember which DLC. Is it fifteen? Uh, it might be. But there is a DLC for one of the Final Fantasies that's going to be free all month. That's 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 exciting. Again, I love Final Fantasy 15. It's one of, I think, one of the best games that have ever come out. Um, is Final Fantasy 15? Uh, it's my, it's one of my favorites. But DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3, I think it's been some time. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3 has been out for, for a bit now. You know, it came out January this year. And, uh, I feel like reactions towards Kingdom Hearts 3 weren't that great. Uh, I don't think either. I didn't. I haven't played the game yet, um, just because I haven't stolen it from you and taken the time to play it yet. Um, but it wasn't accepted super well, but again, what do you expect when you, when you take almost 10 years to make a game? Yeah, but I understand why it took that long because they wanted to have more movie releases and more content to work at. Like, as we know, Frozen wasn't it. And, uh, Toy Story 3, which but was a completely years, original story, which I thought was great, but, but people 14 didn't. years between two and three? 14 years and all of the games that came out between 2005 and 2019 right so we have kingdom hearts coded whatever it's not it, uh it was it was coded and then it was kingdom drop. hearts nope i've got the i've got the oh, order right here. in order yes i'm doing them in order so it's kingdom hearts coded and then it's kingdom hearts 358 uh slash i don't remember two two yeah kingdom hearts is it birthright Birth by Sleep. Birth by Sleep, whatever. I don't have the full names. Kingdom Hearts Recoded. Kingdom Hearts 3D Dreamland, something Dream like that. Dream Drop Distance. There it is. Kingdom Hearts HD 1. Kingdom Hearts X. Kingdom Hearts HD 2. Kingdom Hearts Union? Is it Union? I don't know, something like that. Kingdom Hearts Union X. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. And then Kingdom Hearts 3. Dude, none of those are real Kingdom Hearts games. They're all fillers for the gap in between the two. And it's all there. Like, dude, it took you 
14 years to make a game, and it's just one of those things where it's like, I feel it like wasn't it's worth a, it. I feel like it was a lost opportunity. They could have made quite a few money. Yeah, I think when you wait that long and you have that much, you know, break between it, there there has to be some kind of like there's issues there. Yeah, including so, since it's in that great of a game. Yeah, so let's take a break real quick. Uh, we're gonna have a cut in here, but we'll be right back. Um, since we're on the topic of video games, uh, I wanted to talk about Apex really quickly. Um, not uh, about the bands, not just yet. Not yet I wanted sorry. to talk about Apex uh, because I think the bands are from this announcement that happened, right? Yes. And so Apex, uh, Apex Legends came out in February. Yeah, it is pretty recent. Let me. Yeah, Apex Legends came out recently. If you can look that up for me. For those of you who February don't know, February 4th. February 4th. For those of you who don't know, Apex Legends is a game made by Respawn Entertainment. This is the creators of Titanfall uh, 1 and 2. Um, there is a lot there. Uh, there's a lot there. Sorry about that, guys. There's a lot there. And for those of you who also don't know, Apex Legends is also in the Titanfall universe. That's why some of those characters have very similar and like the guns have very similar looks because they are in the, sh in the in the same shared universe but one of the things that uh, a lot of people have been complaining about is ever since apex legends came out there hasn't been a lot of things to keep people in the game yeah and because we've played it for a while we, but we, we stopped like after like two weeks yeah because it got stale the game stayed boring and the thing with games like this is that you have to innovate and become new and as much as i hate the game a game that keeps driving people back to it is fortnite you've always got something new in fortnite when avengers infinity war came out what did they introduce the infinity gauntlet they've got a hamster ball now they've got jumps and all of these different things it's new things to keep you involved and so that's what we expected from from respawn was a game that was going to stay and innovate and do all of these things, but it didn't, right? And so Apex came out, uh, a Respawn came out and they made an announcement that the Battle Pass was a disappointment because the Battle Pass was just another level grind. Uh, the skins weren't that great. Like it wasn't super fancy. It wasn't anything special. And the new character Octane was cool, but the hype doesn't last. And that's the thing with these games is that hype doesn't last. So they've come out and they've announced, hey, in the next season of Apex, we're going to come out with new this and new that. And we're going to change the game. We're going to get rid of the cheaters. We're going to fix the, uh, the server issues. We're going to have new characters. And we're going to have a real incentive for people to play the game. We were going to have new guns, new everything like that. And it's pretty good since uh, Apex Budget is the free game. It is free to play, and then I understand and that... And the graphics I'm are like pretty like compelling for like a free-to-play game. Yeah, b and I, I get that free-to-play games live on microtransactions, so that's not what my beef with the game is. But if you're going to have microtransactions, you've got to have good microtransactions. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of like CS:GO on their skins yeah, on the guns. Yeah, well, CS:GO, kind of. CS:GO is kind of compelling because now you've got a marketplace with these things, right? Um, it doesn't change the aesthetics of the game, like the the gameplay of the game, but people care about these skins like a lot. 
You know what I mean? They've got CSGO gambling sites. They've got all of these different things. They've got stickers. They have stuff that coincide with events and all of this. And I think Apex, I think Shroud, uh, for those of you who don't know, one of the most popular streamers on Twitch, um, I think he said it best where it just gets stale. It's it. There's no incentive to keep coming back. A lot of these players who grind this game, you get to level 100 and then you're done. And then the battle pass has, oh, yay, more things to grind, but then none of it's worth grinding. And so you're seeing this fall off from Apex Legends. I know I haven't played it in a long time, and I got the battle pass. I, th I got the battle pass because I thought I was going to play that game, and it's just not... And it's such great games to play with your friends. It is. It's a super fun game. It's super interesting. It's just one of those things that there's no incentive to keep playing. Just, that's it. There's just no incentive to keep playing. Since it's like the same level. Which you have to give them. That map is humongous. It is humongous, but like we've already learned the whole map. Like We played that game. After like two or three days, you learn the whole game. Exactly. Um, it's quite easy. Uh, sharp learn, uh, sharp curve, but easy to learn. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's that sharp of a curve. So I want to talk about the 770k bands. You go silence your phone real quick. Um so one of the things that Apex uh, decided that they were going to do, right, is that they were going to come in and they were going to kind of hammer down on the uh, cheaters. They were running into a really, really, really big rampant issue with Apex where there were a lot of people cheating. The anti-cheat just wasn't working. And so in one kind of massive swoop that they've been doing, they've banned over 750,000 people. The number broke... Um, I want to say it was a couple hours ago that uh, the number has hit 770K, and it is still climbing. And uh, there are, like, 400, like, thousand that were, like, permanent banned where, like, they can't actually create new accounts. Yeah, like, they've been IP banned, um, which I think is it's a, it's a step in the right direction. One of the big issues that I had with Apex was the cheaters and also the slow-mo servers. Um, I think they need to do a better job there, and... I've been saying this for a long time. I think that these games would have better reception. These Battle Royale games would have better reception if they came up with a ranking system. Exactly. Like CSGO. Kind of like Halo. Kind of like, like any, any game, FPS shooter. Any actually. game that exists out there. I think if they have a rank system. Which like puts you like with people your level. Your skill level. I think that that's the right move. Because I think a thing that turned... You off yeah, of the game. Yeah, because I'm, this was like kind of my first computer game. So this was, was your first FPS on a PC. Every so FPS mouse and keyboard had to learn it. And it was like kind of difficult when everyone else like shot perfectly on you. Exactly. And that's the thing. I've been playing PC first-person shooters for a long time. CSGO, Rainbow Six Siege, a um, bunch of different other... I played all of the Call of Duties on PC as well as on console. So first-person shooters on PC was familiar for me. I didn't have to go look at the controls, but for you, it was something strange. Like the idea of sh sprinting with control, or a lot of people don't even think of crouching with C. Like those those techniques and those things were foreign and, and estranged to you because you didn't play. And so what happens is you would drop into lobbies with people that have put thousands of hours into this game already, have thousands and tens of thousands of kills and they've got laser aim and you would immediately drop and immediately die and it turns you off from the game i think if you come up with a system that kind of puts you in the same 
same 100-man lobbies. I'm not saying to make the lobbies smaller. Put yourself in the same 100-man lobby, but with players of your relative skill. I think that's a good way. And then you come up with like an ELO system, depending on how you place from 100 to, f to first. Depends on how it goes. Where, where does your team place, right? Because it's like 66 or whatever. I don't remember how many people drop, but however many people drop, depending on where your team places, depends on how much ELO you gain and how much this and how much that. And so you can still grind and get better. And as you get better, you'll face competition that's still in your same level. But if you're a noob, you can play with other noobs and learn the game. And kill noobs, right? Yeah, and I think, I think that's... I think that's a good way for these games to do something like that. I don't know why a BR game hasn't done that. Is it the fear? Like, even if it's... I feel like it's kind of, like, difficult to do since the field is actually, like, a lot of people in it. I get what you're saying, but I think it can be done. I think if you just do a... It's just a hard it, problem to tackle. I think if most you just FBS. tackle the... Uh, I forget what it's called, man. Microsoft's... ELO system that they have. It's what Rainbow Six uses. It's what Counter Strike uses. It's we what also Halo have to keep use. in mind that their lobs are smaller. Let me so finish my plus, statement. You know, go ahead. And if you modify that and you adjust it, I think that's where if you can mod modify that algorithm to, you just have to weigh the placements. I think. I think that's literally what it is. The thing is, if you weighed the placements correctly. Like if you're, let's say we go with just like the standard bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond rankings, right? So there's five tiers that you can be in. If you're bronze and you drop into a lobby with silvers and you win, you should get more points than those silvers do, right? And if you lose early, you should lose ELO points. Like it's it sounds simple. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but battle royale games have that. to be like the fact where like how we were playing. It's like you literally hide the entire map. Yeah, but they have to like equate that as well because not necessarily. That doesn't that really it, that doesn't really like mean you're skillful. It just means you're really good at hiding. But then the thing comes down to there's no incentive to stay alive long in this game. If they add an elo system, if they add a ranked elo system, there's an incentive to stay alive. You won't see hot dropping anymore. I think that's the fix for hot dropping. The problem with all of these games is that everyone dies in the first thirty seconds. Right? Yeah, most people the, just drop like straight down and three, about each two, other. One, everyone drops. If you're alive at the end of it, cool, you play to the end of the game. If you don't, well you're in your next game. If you add a ranked system, people don't hot drop anymore. Because they're gonna be worried about their ELO. I think I think that fixes that issue. That might actually fix the issue, yeah. So I think I think it's really, really good it's a step in the right direction, right? But this brings me up to my next topic that isn't on here. That I want to talk about briefly. I just thought of it. Um, esports and video games. Nowadays, games that are coming out, they all have esports in them. Or some kind of competitive aspect to them. And so my question that I want to like kind of put out there. And I want to let you answer it. Alright. Um, because I've kind of formulated an answer, but I want your opinion as someone who doesn't care about esports. Do video games that are coming out nowadays need to have a competitive aspect to stay relevant? And what I mean by that is some kind of esports major platform to stay relevant in the public eye. To stay relevant, probably, but to be a good game, no. Because. It 
Uh, but that's not the question. I know. You should stay relevant. I answer that with yes. Because a game like, let's say, that doesn't have any like Last of, um, Last of Us, right? It's a great game. It's, it's a great game. It's an amazing game. It's a great story. But, but it loses its relativity. Exactly. It you don't have no reason to play it after, you know. You beat it. You beat it. Same same concept with Kingdom Hearts. Yep. There's no reason to continue playing it after you beat it and collect all the keyblades. Exactly. And that's my thing is, right, so obviously this excludes, like, the single-player games. Single-player games are always going to be like that. Exactly. But what I'm talking about is if you look at it, man, let's just go into, like, a genre that you're not into, right? So, like, sports games. So Madden, FIFA, FIFA NHL, all of those things. There's always people playing online. Not just that, but they've they've created their own competitive scenes. So you can like, actually you like know, microtransactions to buy players and stuff like that. Well, not necessarily. Yes, yes, actually. Um, I was gonna say not really, but I forget that you buy cards of players in those games. That's not the point. Um, sorry about that. Um, for those of you who may not know, we're in a lightning storm, and the lightning storm knocked out all of our power. So um, I don't know exactly where we were when it cut off. So I'm just gonna ask the question again and. Uh, in post-production, try to edit it and figure that out. Um, so the, so what I was talking about is all of the, the four major sports in the U.S. outside of baseball, because I don't think baseball is considered a major sport anymore. Uh, don't at me. American uh, pastime. Uh, pastime. Leave it in the past. <laughs> We're not here to talk about baseball. Um, the Madden, each NFL team has a player that represents them, right? You don't have to play with the Jets players or the New England Patriots players, but each team has a player that represents them in these this Madden Ultimate Team League. The same thing with the MLS. Each team, so Orlando City, the team that's local here, they have a player that represents Orlando City, and they compete all the time. NHL has the same thing. Each of the teams have an esports one. And then the one that I think is the most interesting is NBA 2K, because NBA 2K is not just one guy. They've signed five players, and they play as individual people on the court, so it requires a little bit more teamwork on there where the other leagues it's one person controlling all 11 people or one yeah. person controlling all six people kind of thing um and it's just in sports man it's just in sports and so now you look at it when you're looking at these first person shooters is i think you need an esports league to stay relevant i think like look at csgo man csgo came out how long ago and it's still relevant and it's not because counter counter-strike is a great first person shooter game but it's because of the pros in the pro league and it's on TV now and all of this stuff. Call of Duty has only stayed relevant. In my opinion, not because the game has stayed great. The game has slowly but surely become dull. Not become dull, but it's stale. Yeah, it's become stale and it's kind of rehashing the same ideas, but it's stayed relevant and stayed in the mind of people because of what? Competitive Call of Duty, because of the Call of Duty World League, the CWL. And CWL London is happening this weekend and I think, I think if I read it correctly, I think Optic Gaming won it. I'm not sure. But there's these organizations and there's these multi-million dollar things that they literally exist to just have esports leagues. And so my question that essentially is always like, like Halo. If Halo comes out and it's just Halo and it has multiplayer but it doesn't have an esports league, does it stay relevant? Same thing with Gears of War. They're both supposed to come out this year. No, Halo's supposed to come out next year. But hey, Gears of War is supposed to come out this year. Yes. So hey, Gears of War is supposed to come out this year. Gears of War is 5. 
If it doesn't have an esports league that's successful, does it stay relevant outside of the story? Do you even care about Gears of War no, at that I, point? I don't really care about Gears of War. No, but what general, I'm saying is, like, as, yeah, as yeah, a general like, public, as a general public, I can see like they will lose interest like after like a good like hype era, you know, like hype time. Yeah, it's, it's, a, a, it's the same. There will be a handful of people because there are always a there's always a handful of people that will stay in the game and play online with other people, but it will kind of be like. Halo 2, you know, there are people that play online still, but it, lo- it like, lost, like, lackluster because there's, there's no just a handful of people. Anymore. Exactly. But I think that the, the, so, what was it, the game that me, you, and Alan grinded? Was it Halo 5? Halo 5, yes. Yes, it was Halo 5. I think Halo 5 kept you interested a lot. I think you played a lot, and I think you actually tried to get better don't try to hide it. Yes, it's because true. Because you and watch I, the YouTube videos. And I was horrible at it. You watch, You weren't horrible at it. You say that all the time. You weren't bad. You weren't great, but you weren't bad. Um, you you grinded at it. You watched pro league matches. You watched better players than you. You watched streams all to get better. Yeah, Park and I think was the, great. And I think the under – one, because I think you love Halo, like truly love Halo. But I think the underlying reason was because there was a ranked system exactly. in it. Exactly. I wanted, wanted to, to improve hit that diamond your, rank. You wanted to improve your rank. And whether you want to believe it or not, I think a small part of you thinks it's thinks it would be really cool if you got good at that game and to hit be Onyx. a Halo pro. Yes. But not just hit Onyx, but like if you become a Halo pro, that's a really cool thing that you would want to add oh, into that, your Oh, that's definitely something I want to add to my arsenal. And that's my thing is if these games have a motivation, a reason to actually go out there. Exactly. And is esports the motivation now? Is becoming a professional gamer now the yeah lots of lot, lots of gamers just want to be there get money to do something you love who wouldn't i and and that's my thing is is yes so then here's my other question is games that should games have esports so the question Depends before on the is game do action. the games d- d- need esports to stay relevant that was the first question this next question is should games invest time and money to create the esports for those games? Well, it actually depends on the game. Like, for example, Assassin's Creed does not need an esports. It's great as a single player, maybe even oh, like dual player. You know, like yeah. co-op, co- couch player. But, but let's let's but focus on I, primarily the first-person shooters. First-person so, shooters. Like, not for, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, multiplayer games, not first-person shooters. Um, multiplayer games. Should they? have an esports league or should they just be okay with being a fun multiplayer yeah i stand with the same answer it, it really depends on the actual game itself i agree i think that's the right answer there because um i think a game that has an esports league and they should just stop trying with their esports is fortnite i've been reading a lot of things that yeah i feel like fortnite really isn't like good for the competitive i feel like it's more it's like it's too cartoony there's too much hecticness there's too much randomness like people can't make a living consistently off of randomness yeah it's way too random and that's the thing with it not because brs are random brs yes they are random but you can make them a little less random kind of like apex legends yeah you can make apex legends a little less random you know where the drop points are you can if you can use every gun you can become kind of relevant you can like you can easily like predict where other people are going to land you can actually see where they're landing so it takes a little bit of the unpredictability out because it's not like you're going to drop somewhere and that normally has guns and it's not going to have guns, right? But what I mean with Apex, like, not Apex, um, 
with Fortnite is, dude, you've got like a hamster ball, you've got an infinity gauntlet, you've got jump pad, you've got all of these different things that add to the randomness of the game. And I've been reading a lot of these articles that say, you know what, Fortnite is a fun game to play, and that should be it. It should just be a fun game to play. Exactly. It should. That's it. It sh- shouldn't need a competitive scene. Like they don't need to put their money into that. I could. Like, I can see them adding a, a ranking system. You know, to like separate the the, the scrubs from like the more advanced players. I think every BR should have that. That's that's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, but, but like, like a why competitive can't you just scene. Be Minecraft. I can't. Exactly. I can't like, really see a competitive scene in that Dude, game. like Minecraft is just Minecraft, and it still has a cult following worldwide. Worldwide kids and people love Minecraft. Dude, they have Minecon yearly. So, like, just be a fun game. Like, you don't have to invest into esports. There are certain games that need it. I feel like Halo, when it comes back, is going to need it. Yes, I definitely wanted to, s- to have an esports as well as the ranking system like a Halo 5 it has. I agree because if it has that, oh my gosh, you best believe the oh, grind for Halo I'm 5. Oh, I'm going to be playing for like a good like 3 years. It, dude, the the grind for Halo will be back. And that's just because and that's something I'll definitely be excited for. Exactly. That that that's something that gets you out to go out and I think that's a really good idea. Um we had one more topic, right? Or was that it? Yes, one more topic. I wanted to talk a little bit about Samsung. They are doing horrible with their new products. Man, I don't know what it is and what they're doing, but the Samsung, I know that you got the 10, right? Was it yeah, the, 10? the 10 plus? The 10 plus. But the entire 10 series was having a problem as the most phones. Yeah, so Samsung releases the 10. It's a new phone. It is new information, new everything, right? Yeah. Awesome. And then there's beef with it. Like they're not connecting to the towers. Yeah, they aren't. Um, they all, their network connectivity is like horrible. Where like you can't, you like lose, um, lose signal anywhere. You're always at second roaming mode. And like they took like a good like few months to actually solve the problem. Where they, um, the solution was, the, the hardware was kind of failing inside, and you actually had to replace the phone, and and they had to like roll out a software update which took like an entire month a month and so i'm like stuck with a s10 with no networking connectivity you're stuck with a brick so i'm I'm essentially stuck with a tablet yeah so my question to that is because it's not just the samsung 10s right we had the note uh, a couple years ago that exploded in the airport yes that was exploding we had a problem recently with the tabs. Um, yes, uh, where the Wi-Fi connectivity kind of dropped if you hold it in a certain corner. Oh, yeah. If your finger was in somewhere, you would lose Wi-Fi connectivity. Yes. You showed oh, me that video. It was great. It was like, why would you like not like test that out? You know? Yeah. I feel like that's like a general thing that you test out. Like, oh, is this rotation thing? Wait, why did my internet just drop? Yeah. like it's. I think that's really funny. Um you look at the Samsung 10s, they're having beef. And then with the foldable phone that's come oh, out. Oh, yeah. The foldable phones, like, people are, like, saying, like, it's fragile. Yeah. Like, there's some, um, if you don't know, the new Samsung products come with, like, already protective film on the front where, like, it prevents from scratches and stuff like that. But people want to, like, replace it with tempered glass. So, you know, if they drop it, it won't actually crack the screen. It's just crack the tempered glass. So, uh, the fold has a protective screen as well. And people who, who have been removing it caused it to fail. Like, they removed the uh, protective uh, film and a few, like, days later, the the fold actually just stops working. And people are like, 
Are you serious? This is something you should test out, this right? This is like a $2,000 phone. and So my question about this, because I wasn't super up to date with all of the problems that Samsung was having. And as a diehard Samsung fan, does this turn you off to Samsung a little oh, bit? Oh, yeah. This is definitely... A, like, I already decided from the S10 problems that I'm not going to buy Samsung anymore. I'm just going to tra- go to Google Pixel or Hawaii. That's a mistake. Pixel 3 sales are in the dirt. They're less than Actually, the Pixel, Pixel 3 2. is considered uh, one it, of the top five. It, dude, because there's, there's only like four people that make phones. If you look up, I've been reading a Hawaii, lot about the Pixel 3. Hawaii, Apple, Huawei. Huawei. But, but again, there's only like five manufacturers for phones. It's Google, Apple, Samsung, Huawei, and then what? There's know. nothing else really that makes a LG. good phone. LG, eh, kind of, right? Eh, Motorola, eh, right? But you know what I'm saying? It's like they're automatically up there. But the Google Pixel 3 sales are in the dirt. I don't think we're getting a Google Pixel 4. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about getting a Pixel, but I was just like looking at my general candidates. And if, if you're looking at Huawei in the U.S. with all of the different things that are coming, like it's just not Yeah, hardware-wise, hardware-wise. It's, it's a great phone. It's just the network. Hardware-wise, it's definitely uh, the, the, be- the top two will be an Apple phone or a Samsung phone. Those are definitely the top two hardware-wise. But after all these problems, I don't think it's really worth it, including since like – most of the hardware nowadays on phones, we don't even use that much processing power or RAM. Yeah, it's a or... lot of cloud computing. Exactly. It's like we don't use so that much what, power. So what does Samsung need to do to get you back? As a as a like, I just go with kind of whatever's new at the time. I don't really have my loyalties lying anywhere. I'll take an iPhone. I'll take an Android. I don't really care. I'm at that point. A phone's a phone. If I can get my apps and things like that, I'm okay with that. I don't care. What does Samsung need to do? Um, in the is I, I don't know what the correct answer here would be like in the next I couple of generations. I really do of not phones. know. Like, I thought the fold was gonna probably be but my next switch. But the fact that, you know, it's having like this fragile problem just like makes me like think, no, it's not gonna happen. And I did I tell you or did I not tell you? You I probably did not tell me. No, but no, but what did I say that the fold was gonna oh, be? Oh yeah, flop. you did. I did I did want to mention that. That you did mention it and you were right that like it was gonna f- be a flop. It's going to be a flop. It's a great idea it's a great idea but it still needs like two or three more generations and that's what i said and that's exactly what i said which actually thick it's too it's too new you can't just go with the brand newest thing like if we had the money you best believe i'd want to go out and get a samsung fold to test it out and play with it yes but we don't but if it's but if it's like my only upgrade and it's the phone i'm gonna have for two years which is a lot of what america's in right yeah a lot of america is is an upgrade every two years they're not in the boat like to where I was a couple years ago where I'd get the new Samsung every year or the new iPhone every year um, because of my job. What happens is with these issues, Samsung loses a lot of not only stock. I mean, I don't literally mean stock prices, which they did lose. But I mean, stock as in like just customer base, like faith in their customers. Someone like you who would to the tooth and nail fight Samsung Every day of the week, I'm slowly but surely starting to see you get more and more Apple products and get more and more familiar with it. And it's one of those things that I think it's because. And, and for people that don't know, I'm an avid Apple hater. But the fact, the main thing I hate about Apple is like they don't have an app drawer. What's up with that? A what? An app drawer, basically where all the apps are stored. Then you just click on it, and then it pops up. Then you have a home screen where you could like deposit the apps. Everything's deposited in the home screen. Yeah. I don't like that at it's, all. It's simplicity. I feel like 
It's uh, I, I was on my own, my friend's iPhone the other day. He has like 30 apps. And I'm like trying to look for one app, just like going through the entire thing. It's not even alphabetically ordered. It's just like an order of where you download it. Yeah, but that's because he just doesn't maintain his phone. That's him. And I'm like saying, like, if, well, if there's an app drawer, it'll be so much nicer because Android has so much um, like flexibility. I, I installed NoFlow Launcher, basically allows me to hide apps that I don't really use. You know, the system bulk apps I never will actually use, like the Sprint stuff. You can actually hide those stuff. And then literally, like, you have five or ten things in your app screen, like one app in your home screen. Then you have a, a toolbar. You, you can still do that with Apple. If you look at, like, next time when Madi comes home, like, just look at her phone. When you go to the... Um, she has an Apple? No, the... What's the what's it called? The app deck? Yeah. Drawer? The app drawer? If you go to her app drawer, it looks just like an Apple phone. Because every single one of her apps is in a folder. I hate her phone. I don't know where to find anything. But that's just how <laughs> she uses her phone. Everything is in an app drawer. Uh, not an app. Everything in the and app drawer is folder. in a folder. Just how you got to use Apple. Again, I don't think that's a big deal. But again, when it comes down to it, you're an avid Apple hater and... Starting to see a little bit more iPhones for your Pokemon Go obsession. You've got an iPad Go now. Like you've got an iPad now um, that I see you using way more than you do your Samsung. I haven't seen you use your Samsung in I don't know how long. Yeah, but can you blame me? How like no network connected? I'm at work. I can't actually use it at all. It's horrible. But I, I need to be connected to Wi-Fi the entire time. But that's what I'm saying is what does what does a company like Samsung have to do to get you to feel comfortable in the company again before you inevitably make the switch that you don't want to make to iPhone or to a lesser product like a Huawei phone or a Pixel phone. That's really a hard thing to do because like problems that are having like are all emotionless like you're, I'm getting like traumatic from Samsung products and basically they need to do something that like really changes the game where it's like Yes, but it's like something that like, if I knew, I, they would have already done it. Uh, yeah, and I think that's a really interesting conversation because I think a lot of people were hyped on the Samsung 10 because the Samsung 10 is the generation of phone that you're supposed to jump on. Yeah, you're including with 5G with coming numbers. out since uh, they have the S10 5G already. Yep. And SG is coming, uh, coming out on like all these phones already. There's like a handful of phones that come out with 5G. Of course, 5G uh, infrastructure still needs to be built, but it's still an exciting like feat. Yeah, it's a, it's an exciting new endeavor that they're going upon. I want to see what's next for Samsung because this is a lot of issues back to back to back. They, to they back really back. need. They really do need the to like step up their in game. The customer base, I think, has gone. It plummeted a lot, and. And my next phone just might be an iPhone. Even though I just got a Samsung watch. And I love my Samsung watch. And I think it's better than the Apple watch. I might just say, hey, John, here, have my Samsung watch and go to an Apple phone. Because of just the issues. Uh, exactly. It's like the only like notable phones are the Galaxy phones and the iPhone. And they're the only real options in the U.S. You can't go with the Pixel. It's not a real option anymore. The Pixel 3, from what I've been reading, is just not going great. And then the Huawei phones, I hope that this beef with China goes away because I've only heard good things about the Huawei phones from friends in Canada and in Europe and things like that. So, again, I just want to see 
what the future holds in this kind of mobile network. What if like a what if there might be a sleeper company that we don't know about that might come out of nowhere? Yes, kind of like how like Google came out of nowhere with, with their Android of, phones. Kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking the sleeper pick here is Qualcomm. I think if Qualcomm steps up their game and says, "Hey, we're not just going to make a processor; we're going to make a phone, too." That would be pretty interesting. That'd be, I think, an interesting take on it. Um, there's a lot of places it can go, right? And so we'll have to see. Only time will tell. And I hope Samsung can fix their stuff because I love their products and I think they're a great company. I feel but, like they're just kind of like too comfortable with it. Yeah, man. I, I don't. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. How do you not catch this stuff? That's my problem. That's the question I have. How I feel like this is something it? you should catch like off the rip. Dude, like, do you it's not have like, quality assurance? Do you not have testers? It's like um, connectivity problems. That's something like the first thing you should like test right out right after the Wi-Fi dropping from holding it over the um, Will my mode. phone explode in my pocket? Like any like these are things like how do you not test this? It's like people like turned away from the Tab series, which was actually my primary phones before I went to the the uh, notes the, the the notes yes. I uh, was primarily with the notes. Uh, then I transformed Dude, to ads the because notes of exploded. the exploded in the airport. Like, the notes exploding literally destroyed that phone. Exactly. We're never going to get a such note. Such a great phone. Like, we're not getting a note series ever again because they're exploding. And they literally have like on the airports, like if you have a no phone, you know. You're you not have, allowed to fly. You're not allowed to fly. Can't do it. We're not letting you on the plane. Like they banned it from airports internationally. It's ridiculous. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things there. I think there's a lot that needs to be changed from Samsung. I think some executive needs to get fired or step down. There needs to be a move made to kind of reinstill faith in that customer base to get people back. There has to be something there. And I don't know what that move is. And I hope they can figure it out because my upgrade is coming soon. I don't know what to get next. Oh, I'm gonna wait for like a good two years, and I already got the S10. Hopefully, uh, I'm I might wait till you get your new S10 to see how it is, because I like your phone. Oh, the S10 like, is the S10 is great. It's I just like the fact that I lot. can't use the phone as a phone. I also blame that you have Sprint. Um, I think it's Sprint's fault. They didn't do their testing enough. But you were right. It is with a lot more than just Sprint carriers, and so. I'm gonna wait till you get your new phone. It's supposed to come this week, right? Uh, yes, yeah, should come this week. I hope it's come tomorrow, but probably not. It should come somewhere this week. Um, yeah, when you get your new phone, I'm gonna keep my eye to see how that works and if you're still having issues there. Because if you are, then I don't know what I'm gonna do. Exactly. It's I don't like know what if, I'm do, if, if I got my, if my second ready. phone that should have like fixed the connectivity problem, is not working. It's like no, I don't want Samsung anymore. Including since you do have to play a fee if you didn't have the insurance. Um, Sprint insurance, you had to pay like a fee to replace the phone, which was their fault. It's like, so why do I, why am I getting blamed here? So wait, you had to pay for your replacement phone? Since I had insurance, I didn't need to. But th for people that didn't have insurance, they had to pay a, a fee. For the network issue on the phone that came out of the exactly. box? Exactly. Isn't that ridiculous? Samsung needs to fix that immediately. All right. That's, that's something like, you sell me a phone that doesn't work as a phone, and you expect like me to continue playing. it doesn't work as a phone. This... Think about that. The phone you sold me is a brick because it doesn't work as a phone. So tell me, it's like, why do I need to pay a fee to replace it? Replace it. I understand if it's like completely broken, you know, like, like if, it's, if it's user error, that's different, 
But if it's a manufacturer's defect, that's part of your warranty. It should be replaced. I think people are just stupid and they're playing, paying that. I think they, I think there was a way to get around that. There, there, there was probably a way if you went through Samsung. That's probably it. I think. But if you went through, go through their carriers, and that's the problem. Exactly. But I feel like carriers should have like also tested the fact. No, because that's not the carrier's job. Carriers just sell the phone. You can't, you can't put the blame on them on that for that one. It's not their job to do that. I, you can't blame Sprint. You can, and I will. I will <laughs> because will. I hate Sprint. But like, you can't blame Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T for Samsung's issues. Exactly. It's like trying to say AT&T should have tested it to make sure that their phones didn't explode. Why would they? They uh, trust that Samsung's going to do their own quality assurance. Exactly. Okay. And with that, we'll just end it here, right? Yeah, I think I think this has been a good, uh, nice long episode. Guys, I do have one announcement to make. I didn't tell John that we were going to make this announcement just because I wanted it to be a surprise for everybody. But um, one of the things that uh, we've been talking about and we're really, really excited about is um, obviously the Level 1 Sidekicks uh, brand. Not just the podcast, but the the whole brand as a whole. The whole umbrella. Yeah, the whole umbrella of what we want to call services and uh, entertainment out there. And that's one of the things that we're really, really focusing on is how can we grow the brand and come out with new and exciting content that's not just the podcast for you to watch. And um, the other night we sat down. We finally finished uh, the first version of the script. I think you know what, we're, what I'm yes, getting at. Exactly. But I'd like to make this announcement. Uh, we have a new show that's coming into the umbrella of the Level 1 Sidekicks. We won't announce the name of it. Um. Actually, I think it's time, man. I think, uh, I think we should it. keep it on the little D-low before, so we can run script two as well. We're, Get I'm not that saying that it's going to come out next week. No, I, I feel like we should announce it next week when we have script two like fully completed. I think you're right, but I'm going to announce it anyway. I want to put a fire under us because we got to get this thing going. And so um, I'd like to announce our new show. It's going to be called Critics Corner. Uh, very, very exciting. Uh, a brief rundown is, is <clears throat> excuse me. It's a quick synopsis of movie reviews, basically. It's not just movie reviews, yeah. Um, they're just going to be two, three, four-minute kind of breakdowns of movies, TV shows, animes, then, video games, different things that you guys want to see reviewed. And not just like with the entertainment. Also, like probably like if, if we're at it, like l later on, we might actually develop it. Yeah, the whole technology and stuff like that. Yeah, the whole idea is to just have um, just quick little – breakdowns of here's this thing um the first one we did was on shazam uh it's been too long since that has come out so we won't release that one we're gonna work on one uh for end game just to kind of run through it and what that process looks like um, but we should we should have definitely have something up for like aladdin and probably sonic yeah we're, we're what we're looking for is next month um, our first episode is going to drop. So in the comment section below or in any platform that you guys want to chat with us, if there's anything specifically that you want us to review or you want to see on Critics Corner, let us know. We want to make sure that this is stuff that you guys want to see and um, things that you want to be reviewed. So let us know. We're really excited about this show. It's the first of many, many to come. We've got a spreadsheet that uh, that's literally almost filled to the brim with ideas and different things that we want to do. We're literally just working on saving up the money, getting the funds to get the things that we need to get it going, and just doing it and writing these scripts and get it going. It's very, very exciting news, expanding the umbrella of level one sidekicks and things that we can do. Uh, really exciting for what's coming in the future. 
Um, but yeah, that's it. John, you have anything else to add? No, that sounds about it. All right, my name's Tigo. My name's John. And this is Level 1 Sidekicks, and we're out. Hey, guys, this is Tigo with Level 1 Sidekicks. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast today. If you want to stay connected with us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like us on Facebook, or hop into the Discord channel to chat. We'd also really appreciate it if you subscribe to the Patreon page. It helps us out a ton, helps us get some really cool, new, exciting things going for the podcast. Other than that, we hope you have a great one.